She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to a brand new, fresh week of the Autumn Miles Show. I am so happy to be with you guys today. Oh my goodness. I love doing this show, you guys. I love it. I love you. I think, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it. I'm just so thankful for everyone that downloads every single week and streams and, you know, does whatever you guys do. Okay. I've got a lot to get to, so I am just going to jump right in. Okay. First of all, I want to tell you about what you're getting ready to hear. Okay. I did a live and I did this message on Rahab. Now, some of you guys know, and maybe you have read the book, I am Rahab that I put out in 2018. I released Gangster Prayer in 2019, and I just didn't feel like Rahab got enough love. Do you know what I'm saying? I worked for three years on that book. It was like, no joke. It challenged me to my very core because I had to do a lot of studying on Jericho and Rahab and the background and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've been doing a series over on my social about Rahab, and I talk, and you are going to hear it. After the break, I talk about the timing and the precision of the Lord and how perfectly constructed the timeline of our Father God is. And I was going to redo it for the podcast and just, you know, properly (laughs) record it, but it was just so, I just felt like God wanted to use that same recording again. So that's what you're going to hear after the break. If some of the stuff I say is a little like, this doesn't make sense. Well, it's because it is part of a five-day series that we call the Jesus Initiative. So once a month, I do a five-day inductive Bible study on something that God lays on my heart. And this month it was on Rahab. So you're going to hear that recording. I'm very, very excited about that. And I cannot wait for you guys just to hear about how God operates in our weights, in timing, how precise and how genius the mind of God is when it comes to time and um, you're going to enjoy it. I know it. Second thing I want to make you aware of is after you hear that recording, I have been asked a gajillion times about, do we celebrate Halloween? And I'm going to tell you my thoughts on Halloween. Okay. That is going to be our question of the day because I've got it probably a hundred times over the years. Do you celebrate Halloween? Should you celebrate Halloween? Okay, that's coming up after you hear the recording. But for now, this is what's happening in my life, y'all. Okay, so here's the deal. Every single year, you guys know I'm big on tradition, right? I'm so big on tradition. I'll find anything and make a a tradition out of it. You name it, we're doing it. Like when we put pumpkins in our yard every year, it's a tradition. When we decorate for Christmas, oh my goodness, we actually call it Christmas hell day because it kind of feels really, really bad. But we do that. Sometimes it takes us two days to decorate for Christmas because I put up five trees. No doubt you will hear about that in in uh in November because we put up our Christmas decorations the week before Thanksgiving which I know some people just can't seem to process. I'll make a tradition out of anything and I get this honest. I get this from my mom, okay? And she got it from her mom, which would be my grandma. I'm a lot like my grandma, especially with the lipstick and the nails and all the things. But we are a huge tradition family and every year without fail, 
we go to a festival called the Covered Bridge Festival. Now, this festival is held in rural Indiana. That's where I grew up in Indiana, right outside of a town in Indiana. In Indiana in the fall, it is insanely beautiful. Okay. Like the trees are bright orange or bright red or bright yellow. I mean, it is very common for you to drive by a street in, in, in down Indiana and for there to be like a fire orange tree. It is absolutely beautiful. And we live in Texas and there's like two seasons here. It's hot and then it's not so hot. <laughs> we don't really get to enjoy the entire fall span, right? The harvest season. So I take my kids every single year back to where I grew up to this festival. Now, not only do I do it, my brother, his wife, and their three kids do it. My sister as well does it. And we have a family reunion at this festival every single year. We just got back a few days ago from this festival. It was incredible. It was awesome. You know, you go and it is a festival. Like there is like tons of little places where you can go shop and get like crafty Christmas stuff, or you can get like a giant size of your head tenderloin on this itty bitty little hamburger bun, which I always thought that was kind of funny. Like they don't match. So what, why don't they get bigger buns? I don't know. Anyway, you can get like fried potatoes. I always get my favorite thing to get there is a jumbo baked potato where they like smash it full of like sour cream and whatever. And I eat pretty healthy. Cassie always laughs at me. She's like, you are the cleanest eater I know, but not on purpose. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, I can't have any, you know, I can't have any chemicals in my food. I just naturally gravitate towards salad. I love salad. I, I eat so much salad. It's like ridiculous. Anyways, when I go to this festival, I don't care about no salad. I want like, you know, the caramel corn and the donuts and all that kind of stuff. So I really overdo it at this festival. But this year was a little different. We didn't have it last year because of COVID. Thank you, COVID, for ruining my festival for me. They totally canceled it and nobody went. Okay. So we all stayed home and, you know, did whatever, you know, we do in October. And this year we went. My kids, you guys, were so thrilled that this festival was happening. They were so excited. And we fly there because we have to get back for school and like the whole thing. I end up sitting by Haven. Haven is six. And I know you guys have heard me talk about Haven like a lot, but her personality is she is one of the funniest people God has ever created. This child, her sense, her emotional intelligence is fascinating to me. She is a genius when it comes to reading people, when it comes to jokes, when it comes to humor. She just gets humanity. She just gets it, right? So I'm sitting next to her on the plane and she's super into all of the little apps on the iPad that you do your nails. She is such, she is so me. It's not even funny, but she's doing all these apps where she like polishes nails and like files nails and stuff like that. And I actually thought it was kind of cool. I watched it for a little bit. I'm watching a movie, which was 12 Mighty Orphans, which by the way, go watch that movie. It was so good. I cried a lot. It was really good. But I'm watching this movie and I pause because I've noticed that Haven has put her earphones down. She sits by, she's sitting by the window and she is talking outside of the airplane window. Now we are in the air. We are, we're, we're traveling going 400 miles an hour, however much a jet goes. And I'm thinking to myself, who is she talking to? And what is she saying? Like she's, she's so fascinating to me. And I, I put my headphones down because I just want to hear what she's saying without disturbing her. And she is just looking out at the clouds and she is just repeating, wow, wow, 
And she is just repeating the word wow. I almost start crying because I realize that she is aware of the beauty of God's creation in this moment. And she is worshiping the Lord in her own way. I actually took a picture, a couple of pictures of it. Cause I, you know, you know, I'm that mom. I'm like, I have to, I have to <laughs> make sure I record that this is happening and I will put it up on social for you guys. But my child who is six ministered to me so deeply because I'm watching my child see and understand how beautiful the clouds are. The sky is. And she is in awe of what she sees. And I just, it it made such an impression on me. I could hardly go back to my movie. Eventually, you know, after about five minutes of doing that, she puts her earphones back on and she continues filing nails on this app or, or whatever it is. But it stuck with me so much that she was connecting with God's creation. And then that wow was her way of worshiping God and what he does. And I just thought about me and my own life and how I need to, at times, just stop. Just stop. I need to just stop. And I need to survey and look over the creation of Almighty God And I also need to have that posture of, wow, wow, God, wow, look at what you have done. We must, as believers, not lose the wonder and the awe of our almighty God. So that's what's happening in my life. We will be back to talk all about waiting and timing. And then after that, I'm going to answer your question, which is, should I celebrate Halloween with my family? I'll see you back in just a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Good morning. Good morning. It's just one of those mornings. I didn't sleep well last night. I just have a heavy heart. I have a heavy heart. I have a heavy heart for so many different reasons, but also for you this morning. And just got up extra early and was in time with the Lord. I've met with the Lord this morning, just so you know, me and Jesus, we already met. We're we're like good to go. But I really believe what I'm going to share with you from Rahab's life today is going to encourage you so, so much, okay? When I read, when I just studied Rahab, the timing, the timing of the Lord stuck out to me like a highlighter, like a, like a total highlighter, the timing of the Lord. And there are so, in our society today, 
there are so, you know, waiting is looked down upon. If you have to wait for anything, it's looked down upon. You know, you can get any information really, really fast. And you guys know, like, I don't have to go through all the little things about why waiting is hard. We all know it. Like, I don't even like standing in line for a long time. I think that's why they started doing self-checkouts because people were tired of waiting for like the person to check through all the groceries and they just do self-checkouts and you can do it by yourself. Waiting is hard, not super hard when you're waiting in a checkout line at Target or whatever, but it is really hard when you're waiting for a promise, okay? A promise of God that your life, that would be life altering, okay? It's hard. You know you are waiting diligently and patiently for something that you're hoping God comes through and does, but it would be life altering. I have waited so many times for so many things. I mean, I waited 18 years to adopt because I had the desire in my heart when I was 18. So 18 plus 18, do the math. That's how old I was when I adopted. I just have such a passion for adoption and I knew that it would change my life and it did change my life for the better. But I had to wait a long time. When it comes to ministry, I had to wait a really, really, really long time to start a ministry, you know, and, and those things are, it's really difficult, okay, to wait for something that you know will be absolutely life altering, okay? So when I read Rahab, I knew for a fact, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I needed to do something on waiting. Now, I'm gonna take you straight to the text today because we have a lot to talk about, okay? My husband yesterday, my husband and I are waiting. We wait on everything over here. We're like, we're like little waiters, little Jesus waiters over here. But he sent me something yesterday, a verse yesterday, as we were waiting for something. In 2 Peter 3, 9, those of you that are waiting, it says this, the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, okay? The Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wanting anyone to perish. Now listen, that says so, so much right there. The Lord is not slow. We think from a human timetable that the Lord is slow, okay? But the Lord, this is, says the exact opposite. The Lord is actually not slow about his promise as some count slowness. So as we, we can look at a situation and think, wow, God's being really slow. Where is he at? I've had to wait years and years and years, but God is not thinking that. God doesn't worry if he's going to be faithful to his promise. He's not up in heaven, like, you know, doing this with his nails saying, oh, I wonder, am I going to be faithful or am I not today? Am I going to slip up here? Or am I not? God doesn't have to worry about timing because he knows he is going to be faithful to his word. He cannot lie. That's what the scripture says. God cannot lie. Okay. That is in the scripture. That is a verse. So God isn't worried about his timing, which is why he can say this. The Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. He, it doesn't matter to him if, if, I mean, it matters because clearly he loves you and, and he knows it's hard for you, but he's not concerned whether he's going to come through or not. That's what I'm trying to say. God isn't freaking out about his faithfulness. He knows he's faithful. He knows you don't have to worry about the timing. He knows even if it takes, you know, 18 years, he's going to eventually come through. And boy, did he come through. He did not just come through once for my family. He came through twice when it came to adoption. He knew I had to wait 18 years, but God also knew he was going to be faithful and he was going to give us a double portion, a double portion of goodness. So as I look back now on that waiting period and how difficult it was to wait and to understand that God was in fact, what I felt like delaying, God said, I know it's been to your human standpoint. 
I know it has been a long time, but I'm going to come through and I'm going to bless you because your human timetable has challenged you. And I'm going to give you a double portion, okay? God is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. You might be complaining to God, God, you're slow, you're slow, you're not doing this, where are you, blah, blah, blah. But God is, is looking down at you saying, I know I'm faithful. I know I'm gonna do what I said. Don't you worry about it. You have a human perspective. He has a God almighty provisional perspective over your life, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm already preaching. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about the precision of his timing, the precision of his wisdom in his timing. It's not just time, it's circumstance that delays movement. When we get a promise or whatever from the Lord, there are multiple things that need to line up. Things that you don't even know about that need to line up in order for God to be 100% faithful. Let me say that again. When we get a promise from God, there is a process to that promise. And in that process, lots of things here on earth need to line up. Things that you don't even have an idea is actually happening must line up in order for God to be to you 100% faithful. The process, we want the promise so bad, but we forget that with every promise of God, there is always, will always be a process for that promise. We want the promise so bad and we don't realize that we are actually in the process to that promise, but we don't want the process, we just want the promise. I'm here to tell you, you cannot have a promise without a process. It's not gonna happen. Okay, in order for us to adopt Moses and Haven, well, there's a process. Okay, first of all, I needed to be married to my husband. <laughs> Second of all, uh, they had to be conceived. Third of all, we had to get connected with, with the family. Fourth of all, they had to grow in the womb. Fifth of all, they had to be born now and there's a lot of other things that had to happen but I'm just trying to break it down for you I wanted to adopt 18 years ago but there was a process for God to be 100% faithful in my life if you are claiming a promise you are also asking for a process Okay, that is so good. We should put that on my social. You cannot have a promise without a process. It doesn't happen. So if you're getting frustrated, angry with the Lord that he hasn't come through, how do you know he hasn't come through? How do you know he's not in process, which is what you ask for when you claim to promise? How do you know that? You don't. You don't. And Rahab, my girl, my girl Rahab, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, I'm gonna, I got several people I want to meet. Jesus, of course. <laughs> but Rahab's on that list because she is a beautiful example of how when you get a promise, you also are asking for a process. She did not doubt the promise because the process took a while. She didn't do that. She claimed the promise. And when she claimed the promise, she understood there was a process that went with it. Promises and processes are one and the same. 
okay? We want the promise without the process. I'm telling you right now, that is not ever going to happen to you, okay? It's just not, okay? There, is, there are things that have to line up in order for God to be 100% faithful, right? Right? Yes? We're good? Anniversary followers, where are you at? Give me a thumbs up. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to talk to you first about the timing of when the two men came in to Rahab's house. The precision of the process of the timing of the Lord blows my mind, you guys. It absolutely blows my mind. Listen to this, okay? It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark. This is Joshua 2.5. Joshua 2.5. Someone put that in the chat for me. Joshua 2.5. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at the dark that the men went out. I don't know. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly. You will overtake them. But listen, listen, listen. Rahab, but she had brought them to the roof of her house. Shook them to the roof. She told the guards, because the guards came knocking and asked, uh, you know, did these two men come to talk to you? And she was like, yes, they did come, but they're not here. Go, go, go search for them outside of the city gates, okay? She then took the two men, and she took them up to the roof and, and hid them in stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Now, most people would look at a verse talking about flax and they would disregard it and they wouldn't even think about it, okay? They wouldn't even think about it. Me, my brain is like, flax? I wonder where there was flax on her roof. I wonder what, why she had flax on her roof. That's so interesting. So I started studying it. Listen, let me read it again. Joshua 2 verse 6. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax which she had laid in order on the roof. What I realized, Rahab lived in the south, let me see, let me make sure that this is 100% uh, correct, southeast, northeast, northeast. Rahab's house, and I know this from studying the excavations of Jericho, was on the northeast, listen, the precision of God is going to blow your mind. It was in the northeast corner of Jericho. On the northeast corner of Jericho, because of the sun, those houses would dry the harvested flax on their roof. <laughs> so cool. So when the two men came to her house, they had a hiding place because it was harvest season. And if it was not, if the timing of God did not have them come in on it during harvest season, Rahab would have no flax on her roof to dry to hide them in. So even the season of the, the two men coming to Rahab to view the city and to, to uh, study the city, to go back and to tell Joshua, even that was precise. When we hear, see things like she hid them in the flax, do you know if they came at any other time other than harvest time, she would have not had any place to put them in her house. Her house was probably small. It was definitely on the wall. God would have had to have worked another way. But in his provision, the timing that the two men came was during harvest season. And Rahab, which is why it's so beautiful, was precisely picked because she was one of the houses whose roof dried flax. So there would be a hiding place. Is this not unbelievably amazing? The timing of God, even when the two men came, was precise. Precise. Note this. Israel waited 40 years for those two men to go into Canaan to, look, to, to go to Jericho. Israel waited 40 years. 40 years. Sometimes the wait seems so long, like my 18-year adoption journey. But when the time comes... 
the process is so geniusly constructed by God Almighty that it is undeniable that he is faithful. We discount, oh, flax, she drummed in flax. So I studied the flax. And when I studied the flax, I saw the faithfulness of God in the flax. We discount and discourage and discredit things that God says, if you just studied here, if you just knew how precise I was, if you just knew my provision, if you just knew what I was doing, if you just knew how I was protecting you, if you just understood why the weight, if you just understood what needs to happen, if you just understood that you signed up for a process when you claimed a promise, if you just understood what I am doing, you would be blown away at my faith. Rahab up until that point, I bet she didn't even care. She was probably annoyed at the flax. Could you imagine having flax for people drying on your roof? How annoying would that be? Okay. You're one of the houses chosen on the, on the northeast side of the city that has to dry the flax. That's so frustrating. I don't want flax on my roof. And yet one of the things that probably no doubt frustrated her the most is the exact thing that God used for his provision. Sometimes God uses those things that frustrate you the most as your greatest benefit ever. I'm sure she discounted the flax until she had to use it to save lives. Okay, that's one piece of the timing, okay? Isn't that awesome? And all God's people said, amen, hallelujah. Okay, listen. I got so excited, I turned my page, you guys. I got so excited, I turned my page. All right, here we go. So then what happens is what I told you yesterday. They have a conversation. We've heard. She goes up, she's like, listen, I need to talk to you. I've heard, I know, we know God is going to deliver Jericho into your hand. We know this. 100% no, okay? Um, let's see. Verse 11, I'm going to pick it up in uh, Joshua 2.11. When we heard it, Rahab is speaking to the two men. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God on heaven above and on earth beneath. Now listen to what she says. She's about to claim a promise and with it comes a process. The two go hand in hand. Listen to what happens. Now, therefore, verse 12, please swear to me by the Lord, not by you, by the Lord, because we know God can't lie, by the Lord. Since I have dealt kindly with you, that you will also deal kindly with my father's household. Swear to me, because I've helped you, you're going to help me, because I know what's coming, is what she's saying. And give me a pledge of truth. And spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So she says, okay, I've helped you. Now you're going to help me. <laughs> Swear to me that you will. Because she knows that even though she's helped them, they don't have to agree to anything. And this is what they said, verse 14. So the men said to her, our life for yours, if you do not tell this business, of ours, and it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. So this is what she, what she does. Okay, listen, we're going to make a bargain here. Rahab's street smarts in this moment is genius, okay? This, this woman is like mind-blowing. I always say I have street smarts. A lot of people tell me that, and I love this about her. She's like, listen, we're going to make a deal here. I know why you're here and you're going to help me too. Okay. She's smart. Not only did she save the nation of Israel, she also saved her entire family and all of their families. She saved because of this one bargain she made. And what did they say? Our life for yours. We promise you, we promise you that we will deal kindly with you because you've dealt kindly with us. Now, what did that ensure? That ensured her promise. She had a promise, but with it, like I've said 15 times, she automatically asked for a process. 
with the promise, okay? Let me read on. Uh, Joshua 3.15 says this. She let them down by a rope through a window. For her house was on the city wall so that she was living on the wall. I told you that the first day. She was living on the city wall. She said to them, go to the hill country so that the pursuers will not happen upon you and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterwards, you can go your way. The men said to her, we shall be free. Listen, now the promise has principles with it. We want a promise free of principles. This is going to step on somebody's toes. But the promise has principles with it. Remember, we get the promise. We automatically sign up for the process. But there are clauses to the promise. There are principles with the promise that must be respected in order to get the promise. Got it? Okay. Here we go. The men said to her, we shall be free. We're, we're oathing our life for yours. We will literally give our lives for yours. That's the promise. But here are the principles with the promise. We shall be free from this oath to you, which we have made us where unless when we come to the land, you tie this cord, and they gave her a scarlet thread, in the window through which you let us down and gather yourself into the house, your father, your mother, your brothers, and all of your father's household. They said to her, if you don't tie this scarlet cord down and bring all of your family in, we're free from the promise. The promise has principles with it. A lot of times we want to claim promises from scripture, but we don't realize that there is principles with every promise. There are things that need to be done with every promise, okay? And this was, was theirs to her. It shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head and we shall be free of this promise. But if you tell this business of ours, we shall also be free from the promise. And she said this, according to your word, so be it. So be it also means amen. According to your word, amen is basically what she said. Okay, so she tied the scarlet cord in the window and they departed to the hill country. Okay, listen, here we go. So now we have a promise with principles attached. You have to do these things in order to get the promise. The promise also comes with a process. Rahab does not know what the, pro uh, the process is. She doesn't know. The text tells us she doesn't know. She knows she's going to wait three days because these two men are going to go hide in the hills for three days. She knows she's waiting for three days because she told them for three days. She does not know that she has to wait as long as she has to wait. Listen, we do not see Rahab complaining at all. She's got a promise and signed up for a process as well. We don't see her complaining. I want to read from you from Rahab what had to happen in order for her family to be saved. I put it in here. It's straight in the book. Listen, first, they go down the scarlet cord. They're out of her sight. This is what happens after they go down the cord and are out of her sight. First, the spies stayed in the hills for three days. Once they left Rahab's house, to hide while the king's men pursued them. So we got our three days. She definitely had to wait for three days. No doubt she, as soon as they left, because she had her promise, gathered all of her family and friends together in her house. And like, everyone's sucking, you know, we're all gonna fit in this house. No doubt she did that because she had her promise, okay? The second thing, after hiding for three days, the, the two men, had to travel back to the Israelite camp and they had to cross over the Jordan in order to get there. So after the three days of hiding, they had to travel back to the Israelite camp. That had to happen. That takes time. Number three, upon return, the two men delivered the report to Joshua. They had to set a meeting with Joshua. I'm sure he was really interested in what they had to say. I'm not saying it took a long time, but that meeting was part of the 
process to Rahab's promise. Verse four, not verse four, the next one. Joshua then aroused, listen, an entire nation. He had to wake everybody up. <laughs> Hello, guys. It's time. We're going into Canaan. We're going to have to cross the Jordan. Probably millions of people had to be woken up. They had to pack their little doodads. They had to pack their forks. They had to pack their, you know, little the goats and, you know, I don't know, tents and poles and all their kids. And, you know, I can't even get out of the house in less than an hour. So they have to pack everybody up and they have to get everybody ready to go. Okay. That had to happen. That takes time. Rahab does not know this is happening at this time. She has no clue what is going on. All she knows is that she's waiting for her promise. She has no idea what's happening. Okay. Next. After crossing the Jordan, because they had to cross the Jordan and that's a whole big deal. They held a ceremony to commemorate God's faithfulness and bringing safety, them safely into the promised land. They did the memorial stone thing. So they had to cross the Jordan. The next thing is they had, there was a circumcision ceremony right after that. Took time, okay? Then they had to heal from that. Took time, you guys. More time passed when they had to heal. The next one is they celebrated the Passover. That happened. Rahab at this point has no idea what is going on. She's just like looking at her watch going, where are these guys? Where is the nation? Okay, I had a promise what's going on. And the next one is the entire nation made the final stretch from Gilgal to Jericho. So they all had to travel, all of these people going to Jericho. And finally, there was the famous seven day march around the walls of Jericho. Here we go. So we have all of these things that are happening. There was no text messaging back then. There was no social media back then. There was no email back then. There was no phones back then. There was no way of communicating that the two men were being faithful to their word. None. She just, as she had done before, believed by faith that they were going to do what they said that they were going to do. Time passed. Because when you claim a promise, you're accepting the process to get it. Time passed. And then what happened, you know, I, I, I sat and I kind of imagine this um, as I'm pretending I'm Rahab writing this book. And I, and I sat and I just kind of thought about the fact that I wonder if every day or maybe every hour she went and she like checked the, the, the cord. <laughs> Could you imagine going to sleep and wondering if the scarlet cord was going to be like fa fall down or something? That would be horrible. <laughs> I wonder how securely she tied that scarlet cord because that was a principle that had to be honored in order for her to get her promise. I bet every day she went, she just made sure it was super tight because this process was lasting for a long time. And then you guys, here we have, after everyone had crossed, here we have the army marching toward Jericho. This Rahab was the only one that was waiting expectantly for this army to come to Jericho. She was not caught off guard. She knew they were coming. But this is what happens. When the promise is really close, that army comes, they march around Jericho one time, and then they head back. I've thought about so many different angles of the, the precision of the timing and the waiting and all of these different kinds of things when it comes to Rahab. And have you ever gotten to a place where you're like, the timing, I can see it. I can see my promise. I feel like it's coming. I see that God is actually being faithful. And I wondered if he was, but I, but I see that he is. And then all of a sudden something happens and it goes to smoke and like nothing, like it's just poof, gone. This happened to Rahab. I wonder what she thought when the Israelite army went back and started marching away from Jericho and her family was still hiding in her home. And they come back a second day, same thing. 
Then they march away. <laughs> Come back a third day. Same thing. They march away. Fourth, fifth, sixth. And by this time, it's probably routine. She's probably like, I don't know what these people are even doing. And on the seventh day, they came and they marched around once. And she's probably expecting them to leave. But they march around twice. Three times. Four times. Five times. Six times. And on the seventh time, they shouted with a great shout. And the walls of Jericho fell flat. All the walls of Jericho fell flat except for her house and the house with her family in it. Why? Because she had followed the principles in order to get to the promise. The scarlet cord was there. She had told no one and they came and rescued her. The precision of the Lord blows my mind. The faith of Rahab blows my mind because she didn't need 700 confirmations as to is God going to come through or not. She needed one promise and a faithful God who was almighty. And she stuck it out. She did everything she was asked to do and she was saved. Not only was she saved, she married one of the spies. When I think about things in my life that God has given me a promise for and I've accepted, I sign up for a process as well. I think of things that I don't worry about and this is in this chapter. I don't worry if the sun's gonna come up, ever. I never worry about that, you probably don't either. No one's telling the sun to come up except God. I don't worry if there's going to be a sunset. I just know that there is. I don't worry, you know, if <laughs> there's so many, if the winter is coming. We just know that it is. It's coming. It's going to be Christmas before you know it. I think someone, I saw a post the other day. It was like 11 Saturdays for Christmas. And I got to be honest, it gave me a little anxiety. I don't worry if the month of November is coming. I just know that it is. All of these things that actually could really alter our lives, we don't worry about because God has been consistently faithful for since the beginning of time. We don't worry about major, 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 major things. And yet we worry about things that aren't so major and we discount his faithfulness and we stop believing or turn our backs or whatever on God because we give up on his faithfulness even though every single day he shows us he is faithful to us. As you're thinking about timing, waiting for a promise, waiting for the Lord to come through, wonder if he's being faithful, I want you to remember Rahab. I want you to remember 1 Peter 3, 9, where it says, God is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. Why can the word say that? Because God knows that he is faithful and he's going to be faithful to you. But there will be a process attached to it, okay? When you claim a promise, you sign up for a process and the promise always has principles to it. Guys, I can't say it much clearer than that. Hopefully this will help you endure the wait when you see the providence of God that is at work in the process to your promise. Does this help you guys today? Does this help you? Listen, I'm telling you what, I don't want anything early. I don't want anything premature. I don't want like a promise that's not fully like, you know, <laughs> I want the fullness of God's faithfulness. Okay. I don't want like a quarter of it. I want the fullness of his faithfulness. I don't want something early. I want something on time. You know, the Bible says Jesus came when the fullness of time had come. Jesus came. He understands your weight. He understands impatience. But your impatience is not going to cause 
him to act out of turn because his faithfulness to you is more important than him placating your impatience. Because he knows you want to see him be 100% faithful in your life. Guys, I love this. I love you. I hope this is helping you. You guys can go get the book anywhere books are sold. You can get them. I, I haven't seen my book. They came out in 2018, so I haven't seen them in bookstores for a while. But you definitely can get it online and stuff. So I hope you enjoyed. Share this with a friend that is struggling with timing. Love y'all. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, the big question this week, and I get it every single year, you guys, every single year, without fail. This is what happens. I'll put up a picture of my kids dressed in their Halloween costumes without fail. I do it every year, okay, because they're cute. And in the comments on my social, I will get people every year that say, oh, you call yourself a Christian. I cannot believe that you are worshiping Satan. I cannot believe that you let your kids worship the enemy. I cannot believe that you would allow your kids to go out and celebrate Halloween every single year. And listen, I want to reply back to every single one of them, but I never do. But this is my reply. (laughs) It is a great question. Should I celebrate Halloween? Now we know that Halloween is an evil holiday. I mean, let's just be real. I actually personally hate Halloween. I hate it. Some people love it. I hate it. I don't like really any of the evil. As a matter of fact, right now I, we watch, I watch TV at night, I watched the King of Queens. There's constantly ads on like, you know, Saw and like, you know, all these scary movies. And I, I don't like scary movies. I don't like horror movies. Maybe you do. I don't. My brain can't take it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. My brain can't take it. So I, I personally, I don't like Halloween. But this is what we will unashamedly do every single year. When someone says, do you celebrate Halloween? The answer is absolutely not. We do not celebrate an evil holiday. However, we have chosen to take this stance because there is no other holiday in the entire year when every single neighbor with small children is walking around the streets at one time. There is no other holiday that you can literally be at the same door of your neighbor's house with a couple of groups of people and start small talk. There's no other holiday that you can pass out candy and actually give to every child that comes to your door. Now, I say all that to say this. We do not celebrate Halloween, but because of what Halloween is with the trick-or-treating and the things like that, my family is out with our community every single year because it is the best 
night of the entire year where you can socialize with people you may have never met before, you may have never seen before. They might not be believers. They may be believers, but they may have never been to church before. And you can actually have a conversation with them, get to know them and minister to them while you're walking with your kids from house to house. The Jesus clearly tells us, be in the world, but not of the world. We are not ever going to sit home on a holiday where we can go out and intermingle with the amazing people that live in our community. Eddie and I want to influence people with the gospel, of course. But in order to do that, you have to know who your neighbors are. You have to have friends in your community. You need to talk to people. So yes, every single year, my kids get the costumes. I think Haven's going to be, oh my gosh, what's the child? The Yoda, the Yoda kid. <laughs> she's she's going to be that this year. I'm sure my son will be somewhat, something from Star Wars. They're obsessed. My older son is like a hot dog or a hamburger every year. You know, you get those things at Target and it's, it's, they're actually really, really hilarious. He might be a dinosaur. I don't know what he's going to be this year. But we go out with the mindset of this is an opportunity for us to meet our neighbor, love on our neighbor, appreciate our neighbor, thank our neighbor, and not be so stuffy and stay in the house and not intermingle with our community. The Lord clearly tells us, I want you to be a city on a hill. I want you to be the salt and light of the earth. And we have decided that Halloween is going to be one of our times, not celebrating Halloween, but actually intermingling with our neighbors at Halloween because we want to get to know them. We, we want to invite them to church. We want to be friends with them. We want to get to know them. And in order to minister to people, you have to get to know them first. So with all of the questions that come about, about Halloween, that is my response. We will always be out in our community. You will always see us. I feel like that is a mission and a call of ours to be in our community, to be present. If you know me and if you live in our community, I'm at all my kids' games unless I have a work thing. And even if I have a work thing, I try to schedule it around my kids' games because we want to be involved in our community. It is incredibly important to me. And Halloween is just an extension of what we are already doing. So if you're wondering about Halloween, if you're wondering about taking your kids out, if you're wondering, should I celebrate? Should I not? We do not celebrate, but we do engage in the activity so we can meet people in our neighborhood and hopefully bring them hope. That's my answer about the Halloween question. Okay. It's been a long one. Let me wrap it up with a prayer. Lord, we love you, love you, love you, love you, love you today. And God, I thank you for the gift of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the gospel of your son. God, I thank you that you are hope. You are hope, God. You are the hope that this world needs. God, I thank you today for every single person that is going to listen today, that is going to be encouraged or moved or convicted or challenged or whatever it is, Lord, I thank you for every single one of them. And God, I pray that you would remind them that you see every single one of those people that are listening of my friends, Lord, you see what they're going through. You see their needs and father God, I thank you that you are going to meet them exactly where they are and meet their needs based on your way for their lives. And God, I just thank you for this podcast. I pray that you would bless it in the name of Jesus. God, we know that you are the reason for the blessing over everything that we do. But God, we ask for you to continue to bless the work of our hands, Lord. And we thank you that you're going to do that. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. I will catch you next week. You guys have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. 
Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Oh, <laughs>